Welcome back to Paranormal History. I'm Bree. I'm Naomi. Um, in case you missed the first episode, we wanted to do a quick recap of what we do on our podcast. I am a medium. And I'm an empath. So this is a history and folklore podcast, but it's also exploring the spookier or paranormal side of those things. Places that are supposedly haunted, we visit and we let you guys know both what the history and the folklore surrounding that place is and then also what we actually got when we went there. Yeah. So now that we uh, recapped what we're all about here... (laughs) A quick reminder, if you do want to share your own spooky stories with us or suggest a new location for a future episode, you can send us an email. Our email is paranormalhistoryinfo at gmail.com. We decided to do little short episodes in between the regular episodes so we can read the fun stories you guys send us. In today's episode, we'll be covering the Shanghai Tunnels in Portland, Oregon. The original tunnel still exists beneath many modern-day buildings, so we'll be talking about a couple of the historic buildings in conjunction with the Shanghai Tunnels and the area that surrounds it. There's a lot of local lore associated with the tunnels, so we will be learning quite a bit today. Yay! (laughs) Yay! (laughs) There's a lot of history related to Portland as a city, and if we went into every detail, we would be here for hours. So, if you're interested in learning more detailed accounts about Portland's history, there are some fantastic resources available online. And we got our information for this episode from the website TravelPortland.com, an article written by Mike Rokaway in The Oregonian in January of 2017, OregonEncyclopedia.org, and we also went on a fantastic tour while we were in Portland, and that explained... A lot of the history and it even took us down into some remaining sections of the tunnels. So let's get started. All right so when you think of Portland today what's the first thing that pops into your head? Raincoats. Raincoats excellent. Um, personally I think of the naked bike ride. Mm. Yeah. Mustaches. I think of mustaches. Oh yeah like the hipster mustache. Yeah very okay. hipster. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Or um, Powell's books. Lots of piercings. Like, lots of facial piercings. Tattoos. Yeah. Lots of hippies. Anyway, so, Portland. I want you to take all of the ideas you have about what modern-day Portland is and completely erase it from your mind. Can you do that? Sure. Why not? All right. The way this city exists today is nothing like what it used to be. We're going to go back to the early 1890s. Portland was still a relatively small town at this point, nothing like the densely populated city it is today. Despite being smaller than many other bustling cities of the day, it was an excellent location for ports, due to it being situated on the banks of the Willamette River, making Portland a great hub for ships <laughs> to land and dis- distribute goods. You nailed that pronunciation. Good job. The Willamette River. In the 1890s, Portland had a lot of crime, alcoholism, drug abuse, and even more prostitutes. More prostitutes. More prostitutes. Even more than the drugs. There's more prostitutes. It sounds like a party, right? (laughs) Just kidding. All in all, Portland was not a safe city. Um, Its residents were also very prejudiced against various minorities, which is not at all the vibe it puts off today. That prejudice extended greatly to people of Japanese descent all the way up until the middle of the 20th century. There is an old headline from a newspaper declaring Portland the first Jap-free city. 
and I think that's disgusting. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, not welcoming whatsoever. Um, part of me, you know, in all of my research, I kind of wonder if some of the reason Portland is so open-minded and accepting of everyone these days may somehow stem from how terrible the minorities were treated there previously. Maybe. Yeah, it, it's interesting, right? Much like our Winchester House episode, we're going to go over the folklore and legend portion of the story first, then we will talk about the historic side of it. So, the legend goes that a series of tunnels were built beneath the streets and buildings of Portland as a way of easily moving goods from the basement of businesses up to the waterfront to load onto ships. Seems reasonable, right? Yeah. Well, it's said that the tunnels were also used for not-so-reasonable purposes. Allegedly, these tunnels were where the seedy underbelly of Portland existed. All of the opium dens, a lot of the prostitution, and even murder and kidnap took place in the Shanghai tunnels. Many stories even state that the tunnels were built for the sole purpose of kidnapping. According to legend, you might be having a few drinks in a bar or getting high in the basement of a business. I mean, that's like a Saturday night, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Next thing you know, you would wake up on a ship sailing for Asia where you would be sold into slavery. It's kind of a buzzkill, if you ask me. It was said that women could also be kidnapped and put on a ship through the Shanghai tunnels to be sold as sex slaves. There was a term associated with this called Shanghaiing. Seems racist to me, so the legend tells us that the Shanghai tunnels were mostly used for human trafficking and other illegal activities. It also states that hundreds, if not thousands of people were kidnapped and forced into labor between 1850 and 1940. It's like your dad telling you, no, you're getting a job without money. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Clean your room. <laughs> but it's not fair. So it's a very dark version of that. <laughs> injustice we all suffered as teenagers right <laughs> i know everyone loves the dark side of history so i'm sorry to crush your dreams but there isn't a lot of evidence to suggest that the purpose of the shanghai tunnels was ever human trafficking so we're going to move on to what historians say the tunnels were actually used for so naomi remember how portland sits along the banks of the willamette river a big, gigantic river big enough for multiple ships to move around comfortably in? Yep. Yeah. Turns out that river liked to flood. A lot. Weird. Brie, what do you think happened when that river cutting through the center of the city flooded? You know, I would imagine it flooded the streets and the buildings that were in Portland. Yep. They were <laughs> devastating floods. The flood in June of 1894 was the worst in Portland's history. The Willamette River reached a high water mark of 33.5 feet. Whatever you're doing, I want you to stop and imagine just how high 33.5 feet actually is. That's insane. It's over three stories. Isn't a story like 10? Yeah. I mean, that's really high. That's basically the height of a building in some areas. (laughs) You know? Holy crap. So, these floodwaters, these 33 and a half foot waves, covered 250 square blocks that's a lot of land guys in case you don't know how just it's a lot trust me and it destroyed mills it's measured in the in the words of a lot yes there's a little and there's a lot and just trust me guys it's a lot you know not to be confused with trust me guys it was a little (laughs) it was a lot anyway so, the floodwaters covered 250 square blocks, and it destroyed mills, docks, warehouses, 
farmland, and it even wiped out a little over 100 miles of railroad track in the area. Homes and businesses were decimated, and the cleanup was almost worse than the flood itself. Imagine going through a traumatic event like that, and then having to spend months cleaning up dead from farm animals and sewage from the streets of your city. That's on top of having to rebuild the structures the water damaged or destroyed. That's horrible. So, as you can imagine, this event hit Portland hard. It wasn't the first time it had happened, but it was the worst. They had been impacted by a flood up to that point in their history. So, they wanted to come up with a plan to combat the river without having to rebuild the city elsewhere. They engineered a series of tunnels beneath the buildings and streets of Portland that led to the docks. The purpose of these tunnels was to absorb some of the impact when the river flooded and keep the majority of the water off the streets. That meant that the basement of many Portland businesses became a part of the Shanghai tunnels, and you could move between buildings without even going above ground. It also presented a problem. Whenever the city flooded, the basement of those businesses that were a part of the tunnel system would flood too. And from what our tour guide said, that obviously caused some issues for the business owners who were storing things in their basements. Um, But that being said, I just want to pause for a minute. If you knew that your basement was part of the flood system, why would you store anything down there in the first place? I don't know. Maybe they know when the floods are coming and they remove the goods. (laughs) Yeah, but it caused problems. So obviously they weren't removing the goods. I (laughs) I don't know. But I can't anyway. explain their logic. I can only <sighs> they were all talk drunk. Everyone was drunk that's, for that's... like a hundred years. <laughs> I mean, when people are trying to like find places to store things, they don't always think of the most. No, that's true. I mean, if yeah. it was underneath the the feet of the patrons in the restaurant or down in the basement that possibly could flood, they'd probably pick the basement every yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, fun fact. After Houston experienced such terrible flooding with Hurricane Harvey, they're considering a similar tunnel system under the city to ease flooding issues in the future if they were to be hit with another hurricane or flood of some kind. Um, Tokyo, interestingly enough, has a massive tunnel system. Um, It basically covers the entire city, and Tokyo is gigantic. But it's actually really incredible in my research. um, I was pretty impressed with Japan for how well they're prepared for massive disaster in their area. Um, So they have a similar system. Um, Chicago has one that is similar to a subway tunnel, but it's debated whether theirs is entirely effective or safe. Interestingly enough, historians have not been able to find a rumor of connection between Shanghaiing and the tunnels prior to the 1960s and 70s. The tunnels originally opened up for tours around that time. Seems like there could be a connection there. Some money connection. (laughs) Have Um, a good story to tell the people so they'll pay to go on tours. Yeah, maybe playing on some spooky lore as a marketing stunt. Um, You know, of course, it's possible that there were rumors of the connection before that. The evidence is just scant. I gotta say, our tour was really good, though, so... It really, really was. Um, You know, they take you all over the place, not just in the buildings, but they take you above the streets and they point out historic buildings and tell you stories associated with it. Like, it was really cool, actually. From our research, it was unclear whether parts of the tunnels were already there and just extended out to the river, or whether the whole system was just built onto the basements after the flood of 1894. Historians seem to think that it's most likely that the whole system was just constructed as a response to the flood. But there is still a darker side to the story. 
Although there isn't a lot of evidence to support the Shanghai operations below Portland streets, some of the shady members of society did practice something called crimping. I'm going to give you all a scenario to briefly explain what crimping is. And it's not the thing you did to your hair back it, in the day. It's not. Please don't confuse this with the rad hair trend in the 1990s and 2000s. <laughs> this is something terrible. Um, a businessman or woman, I guess, would open up a boarding house, which was actually a pretty good business to be in during that time in Old Town Portland, since people were constantly coming and going. And so the owner of the boarding house would extend credit to people who came through, often targeting the people they knew wouldn't be able to actually pay the debt back to them. They target a lot of young sailors, unemployed loggers, homeless people, basically anyone who would accept their offer without many questions, and ideally people who wouldn't be missed or had no home. Crimpers knew that these men were very likely to take them up on their offer for a warm place to sleep, hot meals, booze, and women. Remember those prostitutes in the mm-hmm. basement? They could easily offer them a good time at the simple request that they pay back their tab within a certain time frame. Um, They were also unlikely to read the fine print on any paperwork they signed, which they usually did. When the time came to pay their tab and they were unable to come up with the money, the crimper would show them the area of the contract stating that if they couldn't pay their debt, they would have to go to work on a ship to pay it off. So crimpers basically sold and traded sailors in indentured servitude. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that crimping was a common practice back in the day. So the rumors aren't entirely untrue then? Nope. It's just different and it involves a longer time frame. There's also no evidence that anyone ever used the tunnels to move people out to the ships. The ends of the tunnels near the river were flooded during most of the year anyways, so that would have made it kind of hard to move an unconscious person. (laughs) There's an interesting tale about a crimper named Joseph Kelly, though. Apparently, he was out looking for men to crimp one night and came across an open cellar door. When he went into the cellar, he found several dozen men. Some were dead. Some were very sick. These men had broken into the basement of what they thought was a saloon. It's actually a mortuary. They had drank embalming fluid instead of alcohol. I hate when that happens. According to the story, Joseph Kelly saw that this, uh, this as an opportunity. He wrapped them all up and delivered them to the ship captain, who paid the new crew members not discovering they were dead until the next morning when the ship had already set sail. The ship captain assumed they were all drunk, which is why they yes, took them on. exactly. Or that they had been drugged, which was usually the way that you would, like... Move a person. Yeah. An unwilling person. Yeah. Like, if they're not willing, you just, you know, stick some chloroform up their nose and <laughs> they're good to go. Um, I think that story is hilarious. Unfortunately, it is more, most likely more folklore. It is entertaining, though. A piece of the legend that is true is the amount of illegal activities going on below the streets. Opium dens and brothels became increasingly common, both in the basement areas and in other parts of the tunnels. Since all of the buildings in Old Town were connected by the tunnels, it was also easy for thieves to sneak into multiple establishments to steal money or goods at night. They even found a car down there. They did. And I didn't they say it's still down there? I mean, how are they going to get it out? That's true. Yeah, they seal it in there and then... Well. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, there's all sorts of crazy shit down there, guys. (laughs) While the tunnels definitely helped with the flooding issue, and it made it very easy for merchants to move products from the ships to the buildings, or vice versa, they obviously caused some issues as well. They were also used a lot during the prohibition to smuggle alcohol. Conveniently, the basements of many modern-day bars in Old Town Portland contain sealed-off entrances to the tunnels. Convenient, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. 
Part of the reason the tunnels became such a popular place for things like drugs, alcohol, and sex is it was easy to escape if the authorities raided the area. You could simply run off into the tunnels or go above ground and hide somewhere until they were gone. The city built a seawall in 1929, sealing off the river entrances to many parts of the tunnel system in an effort to decrease illicit activity in the tunnels. Law enforcement and business owners gradually closed off many of the basement entrances. Today, the remnants of the tunnels are just cellars, but you can see where the entrances used to be. It's really just like a bunch of boulders filled in to the tunnels, so you can't, like, go through them anymore. Yeah, it's basically like they took a ton of... I'm guessing that they just um, went to a quarry, got a shit ton of rock, and and just poured it all down there. Yeah. So, yeah, not much to see. I mean, it's basically just a basement, but it is interesting. You can see where it extended at one point. You know, they're kind of, I felt like most of the basements were still kind of oddly shaped, maybe where they had expanded it at one point to make way for the tunnel or extra storage or something. So I'm going to use that as a springboard for another location that is connected to the Shanghai Tunnels. That place was originally named the Merchant Hotel, and now it is the home of Old Town Pizza, among several other businesses, but the place we went specifically is Old Town Pizza. If you want to visit it when you're in Portland, it's located at 121 Northwest 2nd Street. So we went there while we were waiting for our tour and had some pizza. The Merchant Hotel was known for its bar, brothel, and billiards hall back in the day. We didn't know this at the time. No, we did not. It was not. a popular <laughs> spot, although it's no longer used as a hotel. The integrity of the structure is still very much intact. The area where you order your pizza is the originally front desk of the hotel. The bar is original, and they haven't really touched the architecture of the building much. It was a really cool building to go into, and the pizza was really pretty good. It is. Five-star Yelp review right yeah. here. It was, it was yummy. Yeah, and I mean, guys, this kind of ended up being part of the episode completely by chance because we happened to stop in there because we were early for our tour. And hungry. And we were hungry. And I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. And then, yeah, (laughs) we'll go into that. Um, This is where we're going to transition into what we saw and felt on our trip to both the former Merchant Hotel and the Shanghai Tunnels. Um, So because we were just talking about Old Town Pizza, I did want to talk about um, some of the weird shit that happened while we were in there you know like I said we were just stopping to get some food I wasn't even ghost hunting at this time I did not know the history of this building whatsoever um and I'm just sitting there and I saw a woman going up and down the stairs (laughs) to a wall in the back in some areas she looked happy and she was singing um in other areas she felt and looked very sad really heavy energy maybe that's when she noticed she was dead yeah, I mean, again, buzzkill, just saying. <laughs> um, I also saw some men at the bar area who were arguing. Um, that's pretty much it. Not a whole lot to report there. I just saw them there. And we were sitting over kind of by the windows. Like, when you when you walk in, there's the area where you order straight ahead of you. There's the bar to the right. And then if you turn left, there's the sitting area, like, down in this... Um, I don't know, I'm guessing what used to be the lobby or... Probably. Like, the sitting area, the lounge, I don't know, because the ceiling's a little lower, there's lots of cool windows. So we're sitting over by the window in that area, and I just felt this intense energy all around me when we were sitting there. It was like, um, almost like my whole body was tingling or something, and just, it, it was a lot. And again, we were not expecting to 
didn't experience any of this, so it was weird. <laughs> it, it was cool. It was cool. I was like, Naomi, there's a woman going up and down the stairs. <laughs> uh, what did you feel in Old Town Pizza, Naomi? Um, I don't remember much of like what I was feeling. I just remember it felt, I mean, it was very interesting. Um, the way the pizza place looked and just the history behind it seemed very cool. Um, it definitely felt like there was more to it or someone may have died there or more energy there than other places that we would just randomly have a slice of pizza at. Um, but very cool. You don't feel that way when you walk into Domino's? No, I don't. I've no? never had that Weird. feeling at Domino's. <laughs> never. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that for me that was it. It was just kind of a couple of quick notes I had about that location. The Shanghai tunnels honestly were creepy. Um, I didn't, Very creepy. I didn't want it to be, but it was. Um, despite us debunking most of the theories about the tunnels, um, there was a ton of masculine energy in the portion that we went into, um, which also was a part of the hotel at one point. It's basically on the other side of the same building that Old Town Pizza is in, but it's... Um, it's just a separate area. Like, it's been sectioned off as the years went on into different businesses. And again, because the tunnels were closed off, we only went into one section of it. Basically, mm-hmm. one large basement area. Yeah. Um, under this one large building that used to be the Merchant Hotel. But yeah, just one one cellar area because everything else was blocked off. Um, when we went down there, I felt a lot as we went further back into the tunnel area. You know, there's kind of the still little rooms off the sides yeah, that you can go into. Feels more heavy back there. Yeah, very heavy. Like, um, I, I felt like there was a weight on my chest the more I walked back there. And I also felt like someone was breathing on the back of my neck the entire time I was back there. That it, was me, my bad. <laughs> oh, Just sorry. kidding. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Naomi. <laughs> But it got better the closer I got to the stairs that led back up into the tour space. Yeah. Was that I would agree. About how you felt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, not... I I didn't see any apparitions down in the actual tunnel area that we went into. Um, of course, it might have... That might have changed if we were still able to, like, venture around in the tunnels. But the specific area we were in, there, it was it was just energy for me. So I'm going to tell you about some known ghost stories. Uh, Common ghost sighting in the Merchant Hotel, or now Old Town Pizza, is a woman in a long black dress. Uh, Was the woman that you saw in a long black dress? Mm, I don't remember if it was black. She was in a dress, though. Well, many people think she's the ghost of a woman named Nina, who was a lady of the night and worked in the brothel the hotel had. A lady of the night, hmm? Right? <laughs> Nina was killed in the basement of the building where the tunnels are. A lot mm. of people have reported smelling perfume when there's no one around or seeing her walking around the basement or the former lobby of the hotel. The name Nina also scratched into a brick there. I mean, I did see her in the former lobby. Obviously, I didn't get to go into the basement of Old Town Pizza. If we go back there, it might be interesting to, like, revisit and do some more intense ghost hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Might be like, hey. Also, so her name her name is scratched into a brick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably just some chick that had too many beers, right? 
I was just like, you know, it'd be funny. I scratched Nina into this brick. <laughs> or what if her name was also Nina? Yeah. She's like, all like, Nina. <laughs> and everyone's hot. And they're like, oh, she speaks from beyond. <laughs> what is that? Woman of the night. Lady of the night. Oh, my bad. <laughs> For the Shanghai tunnels, there have been tons of sightings and paranormal experiences by many people. A lot of people say they have heard screaming or groans in various places or seen apparitions moving through parts of the cellars into the place where the tunnel's entrance used to be. Hmm. There have also been a lot of reports of feeling someone standing directly behind them. Oh, like the person um, that you felt behind you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I didn't hear any screams or groans. I didn't see anything, but I, yeah, I felt someone breathing on the back of my neck. I did find it creepier right next to the tunnel where they filled it in. Yes. I would say that, Yes, though. very much so. Um, and it wasn't even just an aesthetic thing, you know, because I partially wondered if maybe that was it when I was down there. But, you know, we had flashlights. It was honestly pretty well lit. Yeah, I didn't have problems seeing yeah, it, you know, because obviously the dark is by nature kind of a scary thing, but I don't think that was it. I mean, it was, it was very heavy, and as soon as we went back up, I felt fine. You know, um, no weight on my chest, no, no creepiness behind me. <laughs> you know, I mean, despite a lot of the folklore being partially true or completely untrue altogether, a lot of the things that's happened in these places and the energy is still there you know it still holds space for that I think especially with you know um women in sex work I think faced a lot of challenges that maybe they wouldn't today in a way because I think um they were seen as a different caste of society back in the day, you know, and it was honestly not hard to hurt a prostitute and get away with it. I mean, it's it's still fairly easy, unfortunately, to do that. So I think the space really still holds a lot of that. And just the energy of the addiction, too. I mean, I really think that that takes up a lot of energetic space. I know that from experience. Not personal experience, just, you know, people around me. What do you think? I'm all thought out. All thought out? Is that the end of our episode? <laughs> I did find uh, Portland to take on a different light after going through this tour. Me too. I didn't look at them as mustache, bicycle riding. Hippies. Hippies, you know? No. It was a very dark place back in the day. Very dark. Um, You guys, like I said, there is so much history on Portland. I mean, this is a very surface level scratch. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And I wish that we could have dedicated a huge like three-hour episode to this it just you know you guys would be falling three asleep. hours is way too long and i have to go to the bathroom my throat would be dry yeah it would just be nope no it wouldn't be good for you guys it wouldn't be good for us it, it just wasn't happening but really um portland is a very interesting city if you have not been there you should go there i'm from the portland area and i freaking love explains portland. a lot right guys 
<laughs> it does. <laughs> I'm a hippie at heart. You know, and if you are from Portland or you go there in the future or you've been there, you know, it just kind of gives you a little little bit of a different perspective on where it used to be and where where it is now. It's made a, I think, a full evolution <laughs> from where it used to be. I mean, that we know of. <laughs> as far as we know. Yeah, guys, you know, everyone always talks about street cred. What about under the street cred? Because <laughs> apparently Portland still has that. Yeah, guys, but um, thanks for joining us for our Shanghai Tunnels episode. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we hope you learned a lot, and send us your stories. Do you have any closing thoughts? Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys.